welcome to Minute 61 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. And joining us this week from a movie a day and the host of The Lamb Cask is Richard Kirkham. How are you doing today, Richard? I'm doing great. You guys, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Looking forward to talking about this movie. Oh, it's our yeah. pleasure to have you. Minute 61 starts with Werner making a slitting his throat motion, and it ends with Henley saying, here, take one. So we start to see the interesting relationship between Henley and Werner here. And we saw it developed a little bit last week, but here's where we start to see it play out a little more and what Henley's trying to do to Werner. And, you know, we get, it's interesting how he gets him into his room, I think, because he says, I'm going to make coffee, real coffee. And I would think that German guards would have access to coffee. Like, I'm not surprised the American, you know, the POWs may not have regular coffee, but it just seems like something the guards would have. Actually, I think, I think that. Supplies were limited by the by the Germans. You know, everything was going to uh, the war effort in the front, and the the guys in the prison camps probably didn't count very much. And uh, I don't know what the supply lines would have been for coffee going into the Third Reich uh, in the middle of the war. That seems to me like it might very well have been a premium thing, and. Uh, Hedden just has the advantage of, you know, being a prisoner who gets regular packages from his grandmother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you think he's a, he's a little old to be saying that he's getting from his grandmother. I mean, we've we've already established, you know, the the we, we discussed the 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 age difference between the two of them in in real life. So, you know, we're trying to figure out how how old the characters are supposed to be. I mean, both uh, Robert Graff and and James Garner are much older than their characters should be. I mean, James James Garner is uh, 35 when they when they film this, and Robert Graff is is actually 40. <laughs> so I always find it funny that they they refer to him as a kid. I think next week they have the line that kid's uh, messed up or something like that, you know. But but he's 40. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just funny that 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 you have James Garner talking about someone who's who's young who's older than him. By calling him a little kid, but no, again, the whole idea of, of the coffee, the the book talks about it a lot. Richard, have you ever read the book? No, I haven't, uh, but uh, I think I'm about to be enlightened. Yes. So, so the, the book talks about a lot. Uh, talks a lot about the the type of things that they would get from the Red Cross. You know, they'd get all these Red Cross uh, packages. So they they said that they they would get bully beef or spam, a number of different luxuries like chocolate, coffee, cheese, and jam. So the the prisoners actually used this as a ploy to get the Germans to you know to become friendly with them. I mean the book discusses in detail how how they you know were trying to to butter up no pun intended the Germans by giving a cup of coffee you know because they they. they you know, the, the the book mentions the fact that X would always allow for like certain rooms to be used just to to, to get the Germans in there. So they'd always have like hot water running there in order to uh, you know to to make coffee and try to get information out of them. I mean, you know, they would give they give them chocolate, they'd give them you know, and they they, they the way that the, I mean, the movie does it just once, but the book describes that this is something that was done quite often. 
you know, they would give them cigarettes. Because as as you mentioned, Richard, the the these these are guards in a POW camp. You know, they're 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 not high ranking yeah, officers. And they're it's deep they're, in Germany, so they're not going to have access to most of those luxuries. Exactly, and. And basically, this is—I wouldn't necessarily say it's a punishment for, the, for, for, for them to be there, but it's also not—it's not a glorious position that they've all been given. But as as uh, Werner says at the beginning of this minute, you know, his first sound is the you know slicing of the throat sound, you know, which which we talked about last week about him saying you know to the Russian front. Basically, you can look at it this way: that the Russian front is is the the the, the bottom of of the totem pole, and this is right above it. You know, it's not that much further 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 up from it. So, you know, he, he, they were able to get to give them uh, luxuries. They, they would bribe the, the guards with luxuries that that they didn't have on their own. So that that actually makes sense from from the perspective here. And the other thing I just remembered is. Nazi party as a whole had a super big thing for decaf coffee, something with caffeine, and I don't remember all the details of it, but the Nazis really loved decaf as a party. So I wonder if Henley's saying real coffee is, I've got the stuff with caffeine, and Vernon's probably, I didn't think about that. Interesting. I That's interesting, but I... I Based on all the the footage that we've seen of Hitler, he does not look like he was on decaf. <laughs> oh, hold on, are, are you telling me that he doesn't appear to be a secret Mormon? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I, I, I'm just shocked you're implying that Hitler said one thing and did another. I, I'm, I'm shocked, <laughs> utterly shocked. Uh, well, you know, when you have when you're a demagogue and you have so many people following you, you want them to actually you know do what you say. Or I guess the the old adage of uh, you know do as I say not as I do. <laughs> drink decaf, but I'm gonna drink uh, caffeinated. <laughs> you never know. Well, I like the idea that uh, Henley's attempting to build this relationship in the way that you would in most modern dating. Your first date is typically a cup of coffee. You know, <laughs> let's uh, get together for something that's simple, safe easy it should be innocuous uh Werner's a little suspicious but he follows him right into the room so he must uh must be intrigued must be willing to establish a relationship and you know i don't know that he's desperate for coffee but he might be desperate for you know some kind of connection with another human being and are, are, you, impl- are you implying are you implying that that since there are no females in this movie, this is the uh, <laughs> that, was know, my, gratuitous, that was not my gratuitous romance scene? <laughs> Thank you for going in a direction that I had not intended at all, uh, and I don't think that the Nazi Party would have approved of that either. So if caffeination is a problem, I think that they would have found that to be a little bit of a problem too. Yeah, well, maybe that's why Werner closes the door real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't want to be seen. Exactly. I, I love the way that Henley opens up his his locker. You know, I mean, we we saw a few weeks, I think it was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago, that, you know, the way that, that, that he put the lock on his door, I think it was last week. But here, you, you see that he uses his Swiss Army knife to open open the lock. And which, Werner doesn't uh, say anything you know, about it. Exactly. But but the, well, he's he's too busy looking around, looking out the window to make sure that, that no one's looking at him. But uh, uh, I we, guess you did you guys establish in an earlier show where he got the lock from? Because that doesn't seem like it would be standard issue to a POW. <laughs> no, 
No, that, that's well. We, we've established that that uh, that that Henley is able to get whatever he needs to get. <laughs> How he gets it and from where he gets it is is a little more difficult, especially when they don't explain those type of things. It's it's interesting that that he has such a unique Swiss Army knife that on his Swiss Army knife he has a key. <laughs> I mean, I don't because it's to... not. I don't think he's picking the lock. It looks like he's got a key. It looks like he's opening it with a key. Maybe I mean, the Swiss it, Army knife is just a fob for the key. Well, he's used it before, so you never okay. know. No, it's a good, it's a very good point. You never know. Yeah, no, it's just a little strange. And and did either of you catch the song that he's whistling? I didn't notice it. I did, but I uh, did write it down. And I he's he's whistling "My Darling Clementine." Yes. <laughs> oh my darling! Oh my darling! <laughs> yeah, Huckleberry Which, Hound himself. Exactly, which, 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 again, I'm, I'm trying. I've, I've been trying, you know, ever, ever since I rewatched this, this when I did the research on this minute, I've been trying to figure out what's the significance, you know, if there is any. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. It's an easy I mean, tune to know. whistle, I suppose. Especially when you're an American in England, you know, in, in the in the in the RAF, who's been shot down. So, <laughs> I mean, this, the, obviously, anachronistically, the song is fine. You know, it doesn't. The, the song, the song actually. Wow, the song the is actually. Song. It's based on a song that came out in 1863, right. which is really interesting because it's 100 years before the movie came out. It's based on the 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 song. It was was credited to someone by the name of Percy Montrose in 1884. Sometimes they it's credited to someone named Barker Bradford, and it's based on another song called "Down by the River, Live the Maiden" by H. S. Thompson. Which came out, in, which which uh, I, uh, I guess came out or was first was was heard in 1863. Interesting, and it's it's one of the top 100 Western songs of all time. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe because it's a catchy tune. Well, my darling you know, Clementine I, is used as a title for a uh, classic Western film, so and yes. I'm sure it's based on this tune. So it must have been pretty damn popular. Yeah. That's true, and Tom Lehrer has a version of of it also. Are, are you familiar? You're, you're probably familiar with Tom Lehrer, aren't you? Yeah, Richard, I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I love remember the my my darling Clementine reference from Tom Lehrer, but uh, you know, I I know the comedy albums of Tom Lehrer. Yeah, just one of his one of his songs is 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 based on on my darling Clementine. That, that's actually not one of the ones that I'm immediately familiar with. I'm I'm more familiar with Pigeon, uh, Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. That's one, of, and the the periodic table song those are my favorites he's got some great stuff tommy you should check those out if you ever get a chance okay since, since i'm assuming since i'm assuming by your silence that you don't know what it is no he's is it called okay, the transubstantiation blues that's also one <laughs> so tom just for, for you and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who tom lehrer was tom lehrer was was a uh, folk singer in 19, uh, late 1960s early 70s where he did comedy with his with the he's actually alive he's still alive he's ninety five he just he just had a birthday last April very interesting so hopefully he's still alive on that one <laughs> yeah it's a long that's time part of the problem between, uh, now yeah. when the show goes up uh, exactly the, the bad things don't happen for t- poor Tom Lehrer yeah, so hopefully hopefully Tom Tom Lehrer still maybe we'll try and get him on the show <laughs> so Rob just as an idea of where our minds go on pop cultural icons, because we've had this conversation before. You two are talking about his music. I look him up, and 
he has a couple of publicized math articles and that's much more where I recognize oh I didn't recognize his name but I recognize one of the articles he wrote okay <laughs> yeah I think, I think he was a math uh, professor and then did the music thing as kind of a follow-up to that it was it was one of those things that he did as a lark and it became very popular and they and it became a career path for him yeah, yeah. I I recognize random walks with restraining barrier as applied to the basis binary counter. I recognize that article. <laughs> you do know you do know you're you're talking gibberish. I, I know I get what you're saying. <laughs> when it comes to math and economics, they that that's all you. <laughs> I I know nothing about those things, and uh, you know, I, I you know, yeah. So let's move along. <laughs> I, I love the fact that, that uh, you know, he starts taking all the stuff out and putting it on the table. You know, uh, Henley's taking stuff out of, out of the cabinet and basically all the stuff that, that uh, they got from uh, Mac last week. But, he's trying uh, to do it in a very nonchalant way also. He's not yeah. looking at it. He's just, well, it's the, in the way I'm looking for the coffee. And this is in front of it and this is in front of it. So he can display his wealth and all of the future things that Werner might be able to have access to without actually saying it out loud. You know, he's, exactly. he's very clever in the way he's trying to manipulate him here. Yeah, and and it's funny that each thing that he pulls out, you can if you look at it at the eyes of Werner, each, each his eyes get larger and larger by each of these things, which proves once again the 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 the, the premise that we said before that, that that you know as as a guard in a POW camp, he he is missing many luxuries, including marmalade. Marmalada. <laughs> Marmalada. That's right. That's uh and then when and then the chocolate comes out and his oh. eyes get even larger. Now, do you you know, and then tomorrow tomorrow we'll discuss even more. Is, so do you think the red one is dark chocolate and the blue one is uh, milk chocolate? I, I would actually think the opposite. I actually have no idea. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, it's you know we that's one of the things that, that that really annoys me that you can't zoom in you know it's not nope, like you, just can, you can see the word you can see the word chocolate on both of them like i can't read what the, the first word is on either of them maybe it's a swiss i would assume the purple ones got some nuts in it and the red ones just like a plain chocolate but what purple I, one i see them well oh, blue the, it's blue, blue purple, purple. I was an eight-color box of crayon kid growing up, Rob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bluish, purplish thing. Okay. But yeah, no. So that it, it, it's uh, you know, and then like he's he's like, oh, chocolate. He's like, oh, take it, take it. Here, have one. You know, we're we're friends. <laughs> take it. Yeah, and once again, we see how bare this room is. You know, Henley really likes to keep keep a very empty room. You know, he's he's got nothing. We can see we can see Colin's suitcase on the top, which Richard we've discussed this in the past. It's it's very interesting to see what the, each of these actors were able to actually save when they when they jumped out of their airplanes and bring with them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like okay, you have to eject. What are you going to take? Well, I'm going to take my suitcase. I mean, you see Colin's suitcase on top of the of of his cabinet, which which is also interesting that each of them has their own closet here. You know, the rooms that have 12 people in them, they probably don't each have their own closet. You know, we, we didn't, I didn't notice, uh, maybe you did, Tom, but I didn't notice that there were any, that there were 12, you know, cabinets in each of the, the larger rooms. I guess so, I uh, didn't, but I didn't, 
I I guess I never counted. I'll have to go back and. I, I would assume that cabinet becomes a future interior of the of the tunnel. <laughs> that they would have no, to break it down. That's very possible. Wood. It's very possible. We'll have to see later in the movie if they come back into the room if the if the cabinets are still there. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. That is true. That is true. No, so I just I I, I did like the way that they, that they established this. I mean, it's done in somewhat of a comical way, but it's still you know it 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 gets it across that that the whole idea here is we're we're going to do what we can to. To, to to get what we can out of you. Yeah. It's, and we build on it a little more tomorrow as well. But. Yeah. All right, but we'll save that for tomorrow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that discussion because I've got something to contribute there. Oh, okay. <laughs> the other thing I just wanted to talk about real quick before we finish up is the way... Henley goes into the hallway and just leans against the door. He just opens it and leans with, uh, yeah, I know you're coming. I'm just going to sit here and arrogantly wait for you. It strikes me very much, and we've made the comparison to plenty of other heist movies, but we, you get that. You get the guy, and we're going to go back to Ocean's Eleven because that's the one I've seen the most times, and probably the general people listening to have seen you get Danny and Brad Pitt's character talking to Matt Damon's character in the first one you get the okay here's your flight this is all we're telling you take it or leave it they walk out the door wait outside and just open the door for Matt Damon's character it just it seems like it's an early one of those things we it has become a trope we see in most movies. And I feel like this is not necessarily the origin, but one of the origins of that trope. I don't know if either of you noticed that at all. I didn't right. notice I, that, but it sounds like it's possible. Yeah, I noticed it. And, and it is possible that, that that's the reason I think it was more that, that, uh, okay. Um, you know, and you also notice there's nobody around. It's, they, they, they cleared out this barracks in order to be able for him to, 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 to get Werner. You know, which, uh, I mean, we discussed it a little bit last week, but, you know, what's Werner doing there? <laughs> Where is everybody? You know, why is, why does he happen to be in the room, you know, looking out the window? No. We shall never know, because he's just looking out at the set. The power of plot <laughs> convenience. Never underestimate. That is true. Very true. Well, Richard, did you have anything else for this minute? I don't. You know, uh, a minute of screen time is often hard to talk about, but I think that we got a lot of information in there in the Tom Lehrer reference. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Always fun having Tom Lehrer references. Well, Richard, you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on the Internet? Uh, I'm easy to locate. It's Kirkham, a movie a day. Uh, and uh, you just type in my last name and I'll come up. Uh, right after Sensei Richard Kirkham, who is apparently a karate instructor. Uh, and, of course, on the LAM site, uh, I host the LAMcast, uh, a weekly podcast where, uh, by the way, Rob has been a guest on numerous occasions. That's how we've met. Uh, a few times. A few times. A few times. <laughs> <laughs> I've hosted a few times. I've, you know, I, 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 as you know, I also do my own do, – do a monthly podcast for, for the LAM also. But uh, Yes. But – but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so I'm easy to find. Come and find me. Read my stuff. Have some fun. 
All right. And can you join us again tomorrow? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Well, we look forward to you coming back. And while you're out finding him out on the Internet, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and subscribe to us on whatever podcatcher you use. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group. That's The Cooler. You can, you can follow us at, on Twitter at GreatEscapeMXM. Or you can just go ahead and check out our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tally-ho. 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 Tally-ho.